everyone, and welcome to Minute 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip through the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again on this lovely Wednesday is Jay Cluett of the Deep Blue Sea podcast and Life Versus Film. Welcome back to the show, Jay. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, things things went well the last two days, so I figured I'll I'll have you for another day. We'll we'll see we'll see what we'll do about the other two days this week, whether you know whether it'll be worthy of, of having you back. But uh, I'm assuming that we that we'll be able to figure that one out. All right. Well, minute three begins with John waiting for an answer, and ends with Neil looking out at traffic. As we discussed yesterday, Neil and John are in a board meeting where the the big boss Bryant is looking at some sort of ad, cosmetic ad, and trying to make a decision and is having a lot of trouble making that decision. So we ended yesterday's minute with him about to open his mouth and make a decision, and then he closes his mouth. And then we see John, Ferris Bueller's pseudo dad, or uncle, as as we've established, maybe it's his uncle. (laughs) He actually is, this minute starts with him still looking at Bryant, waiting for an answer with his mouth open. And he doesn't seem to get one. And that's pretty much no, the end of that scene. Yeah. You yeah know, we, we, I mean, well, there, there is no answer from, from this meeting. Like the, the outcome of the meeting is we'll see what it's like after the holidays. Yes, pretty much. Which, as, as somebody who doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, has never considered it a holiday in this country, when he says after the holidays, do you think he means after Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving and Christmas? Well, that's, that's a very that's that's a, holidays. That's a very good question, and I don't have an answer for you because, on the one hand, you would think that okay, normally if they're saying after the holiday, so we'll do it after Thanksgiving, but these guys are flying in from Chicago for this meeting, and, and he says holidays. He definitely has the the plural, and just uh, Thanksgiving isn't a, isn't a plural holiday. It's it's a singular. Right. He says reconvene so. after the holidays. You're right. So. Yeah. The, no, but that, that's probably what they mean. They probably just say, okay, let's wait until after January. But that's a long time to be sitting <laughs> that's a long time for, for, for an answer. That's a really yeah, long especially time. Especially in, in, in a world without internet and email and instant communication. Yeah, I mean, this I is something that's... They're, that, not, they're, they're less used to things being as immediate, perhaps, yes. as we are today. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of movies from this time, including this movie, we'll probably discuss it quite often throughout this entire show about the fact that if someone had a cell phone, things would be so much easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you wouldn't have all of these problems. Yeah, that's why the the, the remake that you mentioned uh, earlier this week, well, the, the proposed remake, they're going to have to do some some legwork to get around for you. We'll just make a phone call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I, I I once saw you can probably find this on on the internet somewhere. They someone did what if the TV show Twenty Four took place before there were cell phones, and you have like Jack Bauer trying to figure out trying to trying to dial with it with with a rotary phone and things like that. So you know if if anyone I'll 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 try to remember to put the link in for that. that that's a very funny little spoof about it. I mean, what what happens in twenty four if it's before they have air travel or even car travel? Because right, so okay. much of that show is is getting from one place to the other as quickly as possible. That's true. <laughs> no, but the idea is is we're not talking about putting it back in the in the sixties. We're putting it, you know, just a few years earlier, and you'd have yeah, I get a it. problem. You know, as as we know, many movies from the sixties, seventies, eighties, 
and beforehand, things would be solved much quicker if someone had a cell phone or the internet or things like yeah. that. So I'm just intrigued by if we had uh, an episode of 20 or a season of 24, but set in like the old West kind of, if that's when 24 took place, how that would, how that would happen. Well, it depends <laughs> if you have Doc Brown there. Indeed it does. Yes. You know, that yeah. That's one of the reasons why I liked, uh, what was it called? The 8 million ways to die in the West or something like that. Uh, something like that. Something like that. Well, no, I didn't like it at all, but but I loved the okay, cameo. Right. I I loved the cameo yes. of Doc Brown. That was that was the thing that got me, that that I loved. That's, yeah, one of the few bright spots of that. Of I, I think it was pretty much Reflective. the only one for me. But <laughs> the problem was is that the the trailer ruined it, so you knew that it was there. You knew it was coming. Yeah, that would have been a very nice surprise. Yes. Which is which is one yeah, of the reasons well. why I really watch trailers these days. I usually watch the trailer. I watch trailers either months and months and months before the movie comes out. So this way I'll probably forget most of it or I watch it after I watch the movie. And then I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't watch this trailer before I watched the movie. So I, I haven't recently watched the trailer for planes, trains and automobiles. Uh, do you know if the, the cameo that we get in tomorrow's minute, if that's shown in the trailer or not, I have absolutely no I'd idea. Hope that it's, I, I haven't looked at I, the trailer I, either. Well, I probably should. I would hope maybe, that it isn't. maybe, maybe we'll, maybe I'll take a look at it before tomorrow's episode. We'll, we'll take a look. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll get back to that tomorrow. Now, I will give you an answer tomorrow before before we get that cameo. We'll be able to, to see if he's okay. actually there. There you go. So basically, as we were saying, they're waiting for this response. They don't get a response. And then the scene cuts, and we see the, the, the two of them standing in the hallway of, of this office building where there's nobody else in the hallway. It's completely empty. And we see that, that Steve Martin's character, Neil, is wearing a jacket. He's got his hat. And he's carrying two bags, in both in the same hand. And he basically says, two solid hours of staring at the material to decide to reconvene after the holidays for a fresh look at the layout. They're selling cosmetics, not curing cancer. And then he looks over at John. And he goes, hey, why aren't you going to the airport? And he, he I love how he waves his, this, he wave, he's waving his hat as he's talking. He is waving his hat, and I, I like the hat yeah. waving. But other than that, I don't think Steve Martin is very good in this minute. <laughs> he, he's, he's, uh, he's pretty much, I, I think, you know. Well, yeah, but the the way he's, and the way he delivers the bit that we haven't got to yet of the, oh, I forgot my gloves, there are Brian's off. The way he delivered that is very... It's it's very acting and not yeah. very believable. I, I feel like he's he's putting on a show rather than a, he he'd already realized he hadn't he hadn't got his gloves, but he's like pretending he's forgotten them because he wants to appear like he's annoyed. So John will go and pick him up. Right. And it, yeah, anyway. it just it doesn't. I don't believe the the anguish right. and and even the the delivery of the two solid hours of staring at the material to decide to reconvene after all days refresh look at the layout is John Hughes, fantastic writer, but that's a clumsy st- sentence of exposition to to somebody who knows all of that information. John was in that meeting as well. They would have just had right. that conversation yeah. in the but meeting. But it's to tell us. It's for him and to it, complain. It's, it's, it, I, I get it. It's to tell us, but it's, it's, it sounds clumsy. No one would actually right. say it in that way minutes after they and the person they're speaking to have just heard that Correct. exact the, the same bigger, thing. The bigger question that I ask is, is that did he, did they fly in just for this two hour meeting or has it been a, a, uh, a, quite a, an extracted number of days that they're there? You know, did he, did he just get in that morning? 
did he get in yesterday, last night, you know, and then he, he came in for this two hour meeting. I mean, these are these are questions that we'll never get an answer for, obviously, because it's not mentioned anywhere because no one really cares how they got there. It's what's going to happen when they leave or even, well, potentially. I know that they, they've just been in a meeting with a client, but is it possible that they work regularly in this building? Uh, it is possible. Like, and he would commute from Chicago to New York like once a week, perhaps. Or my regularly? assumption is, is it doesn't. Uh, he doesn't because of a lot of things that are said, especially in the main script when they're dealing with his, the whole fight between him and his wife, which is obviously you know cut out of it's, it's cut out of the real the, the final version. But it, it doesn't make it seem as if he's always traveling. It means it, it's showing that this is you know one of her complaints is the fact that why are you traveling? Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, there's there's no reason to do so, and it's not that you're never home, or anything like that. So yeah. I, okay. I don't know. And we actually we, we get the we get the first mention of his That's wife right. here, right. Of, of his partner. Right. Well, first John goes well yeah. when he when he asks John why isn't he going to the airport? Which it's funny because you see the way the two of them are dressed. Now, why would John not have his overcoat with him anyway? Because they must be staying in a hotel somewhere. They're not staying in the GM building, so he would have had to bring his brought his stuff in, anyway, no. unless it's somewhere in a closet. So he should have asked the question earlier when Steve Martin took his jacket and his bags from wherever it was being held, maybe at the secretary station or something like that. At that point, he should have said to John, "Where's your?" Well, stuff? I mean, uh, well, yes, but also, where are Steve Martin's gloves? They're in Brian's office. Why are his gloves in Brian's office? Maybe his coat and his hat were there as well like maybe brian is like one of the guys that come to meet so they went to brian's office they dumped their their coats and their gloves and their bags there and he, when he picked up his coat and his hat he forgot to get his gloves so maybe all of john's gear is in brian's that's, office that's actually very interesting is the narrative i'm gonna, I'm I, gonna I actually like that idea but the, uh, what, what's interesting is, is they say brian's office according to the to, to the captions it's brian's office but william windham yep is credited as Bryant with a T at the end. So it's not Brian. In, 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 in IMDb, Could be a different character. In, in, according to IMDb, obviously. You know, it is... No, but, yeah, but, well, but I, I like what... That, Bri- that's Bryant why I like what you're saying, because what you're basically saying is that there's two different people. Brian is their, their connection there, their contact, and he basically left his stuff... They left their stuff in Brian's office... And then they went from Brian's office to yeah, Brian. Yeah, they got to the meeting an hour, like half an hour <laughs> early. They know Brian. They stopped by, had a chat with him. Exactly. Stuff there. And then he had to rush to take school. it. But but the conversation that he's having with John about where's John's stuff should have happened a few seconds or minutes earlier when they went into Brian's office or Brian's office. It doesn't matter where it is. And he should have had it. He should have said yep. to him back then, hey, why aren't you grabbing your stuff? And then he would have said, oh, I'm not going now. You know, I'm going to wait. I can only I can only theorize that post meeting maybe when uh, when Neil went to go and get his his stuff John popped to the bathroom they've been in this meeting for two hours he needs to go and uh, go and wash his face or something so they they haven't been entirely together since the meeting and they they met up on Could the way be. to the elevator so maybe they weren't That's together very possible. Maybe, maybe that they, maybe they filmed that and cut that out also you never know. We'll, we'll later talk about what's in the script, but it's not. On the it's, script. it's no, not it's not essential at all. But it, but it, it's fun. It's fun to discuss. It. <laughs> it's in the four-hour no, cut. That's the thing. It's not written. It's not in the script. So that's in the five-hour cut, <laughs> where they where they add in those little extra minutes of them walking. Uh, you know, go, of John going to the bathroom. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, 
And so John basically responds to him, well, what's the uh, point of busting my ass to catch the six, six o'clock flight? He says, why don't you wait and go out with me on the eight? And yeah, I'm, completely I'm sensible. sensible. And then, then his response is, and then he keeps saying to him, you're never going to get a cab at this hour. Now, that is a great line, but doesn't make any sense if you read the, the script, which we'll talk about later. Because there's there's a an inconsistency there okay. with with the original script, so they I think that they they must have changed that line, and they must have ADR'd it or something like that for him to say that that little line, and then uh, Neil's response is, well, I told Susan I'd be home by nine. So what's really interesting there is according to the calculations that we made yesterday when we saw the plane ticket, it would take him an hour and forty five minutes to fly. Okay, so theoretically he gets. Back to Chicago at 6.45. And then it takes him two hours and a quarter to get home. So the flight is shorter than his his trip from O'Hare to his, well, to, I mean, to his house. By, by, by nine, like, he, I mean, arriving home at 7.30 is still before nine. So maybe she said, it'd be great if you could be home before nine. And then he realized if he got the eight o'clock flight, he wouldn't be able to get home in 15 minutes from landing at right. 8.45. Okay. That's true. So, right. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I like to, the head canon of. Yes, he said to Susan he'd be home before nine. But also, he's had <laughs> enough of John. He's spent too much time with him already. <laughs> he just wants to get away from this guy. He'd rather try and catch a cab at, at rush I'm hour sure, I'm and sure this than, than spend another minute with this yeah, guy. I'm, in his I'm sure you, it's happened to you also. Yeah. It happens to everybody. You know, we're. we're... I yeah. think I'd be on both sides of that. <laughs> uh, people didn't want to be with you anymore. Okay, that that could be too. Could, oh, I'm could certain. Be. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> so, and then the, you hear the the elevator, elevator uh, door bing. Now, yep. and he goes, "That's, that's you. you." Now, if everyone remembers when when we checked yesterday, we were talking about how many elevators there are in the GM building. Do you remember the number that we talked about the other day? Uh, it was a lot. It was like something 30, like 50, I think 35. it was 30 or 50, somewhere in that There room. were 30, 35. Okay. Yeah. I remember the three and the yeah. five. But, but it, it, it looks like there's, I, I couldn't tell if there were other elevators around there. It looked like there's just one, <laughs> which which goes to show that in their set that they created here, <laughs> they must not have really, obviously they didn't film in the GM building. But. <laughs> uh, well, there's, there's at least two, because there's one. The one that he gets in there is one next to it, the other, the other side of the, the buttons that are in front of us. There's at least two in this. In this right, okay. Well, two out of thirty-five. You you know you think oh, you yeah. think that there'd be a uh, lot more. Actually, but, I think I think and there are some on the opposite wall as they walk into the into that, that lobby area. So there's there's four in this in this room. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. I see what you're talking about. Yeah. There's four. Okay. So yeah, it's, it, but it's a pretty big building, yeah. so they're not going to have them all. All in a line in one area. They're going to be spaced out around sure. the place. But I do. I like that they're cementing that Neil, not a great guy, by the way, he just backs blindly into the elevator, yeah. expecting the, the the full elevator of people to just get out. Of well, the he doesn't know how many people are in the elevator. It's five. <laughs> no, but he's a full elevator. He doesn't know that before he gets in. That's what I'm saying. That's true. He doesn't even think to check. It's not even like he just assumes that there'll be space. Anyone who's in there will get out of the Correct. way. What a horror. But but like he says that's you, and then he he starts flipping his 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 hat again. He starts talking about his hat, you know. And he goes, yeah. And because this is the point where he realizes that he forgot his his gloves. He goes, he goes, ah, damn it! I left my gloves in Brian's office. Which again, we're not sure if it's really Brian or Brian. 
Brian or Bryant, doesn't matter. And then he goes, he, he basically gives himself an excuse. Ah, I don't need them. I get in the elevator. I get in the taxi. I get on the plane. Then I'm home. Would you pick him up for me? This is insane logic. I hate that this is ridiculous. <laughs> he, goes, he knows it's going to be hard to catch a cab. Even like it's gets it gets very cold in New yes. York. Especially this is this uh, is the end of November. <laughs> I mean, it's it's cold there. It's not it's not December weather yet, but it's still pretty cold. And then he goes, oh, I'll drive over tomorrow and get them for you. So the answer is great. It's just have the, a good holiday. Have a have a. He says have a good holiday. Doesn't even say have a great holiday. You know, enjoy your turkey. Good. <laughs> have a good holiday. Have a satisfactory <laughs> holiday. And then he goes, oh, I'll see you in Chicago. And then, like you said, he, he's backing into the to the elevator. We have we have five people, and like one of the women just moves away. She's <laughs> like, everyone's everyone's uh, looking the, at the, him. The woman, <laughs> who's this guy? That's just the woman directly behind him has a real good, a real nice eye yeah. roll. Like, oh, this guy, he does this every day. He never looks around when he gets into the elevator. Yeah. And then uh, John basically looks at him as he as he gets in, and then he says. You'll, You'll never make the six. I, and I, I love that. I think that that <laughs> the three D. I mean, if you're watching this in three D, to have you know <laughs> <laughs> coming out here, yeah. those eyebrows are all over the place. They're bouncing up and down. Yeah, it's great, completely. So, so that's great. And then we, we we get to see a whole line of people waiting for a cab in this rush hour traffic. Yeah, this is how you can tell it. It's it's not in England uh, because in England there would be a an orderly queue. Uh, it would, he wouldn't be like in the middle of this line of people. There would be a line of people, and the person at the front would get the next taxi, and then behind them with the next one. Then behind them, he's like got twenty people behind him and a dozen in front of him. Yeah. And no, you you join a queue, and the person at the front gets the taxi, and you keep going back yeah. from there. I mean, I counted thirteen people in in the in, in standing in line there. And the, yes, what, what I loved is is how he just like pops out of line. You see him, you like you look at the line and you don't see him standing in line. You're thinking to yourself, okay, he's going to come down and he's going to see this long line. But he's already standing in the line. And then he pops out as like number three or number four. So again, time is moving very slowly for him because he's got less than an hour to catch this plane. And he's he's, yeah. he's standing relatively calmly waiting for this, this taxi to come by. You know, and he has this, this look of, of exasperation on his face. Understandable. Like maybe he's he's stood still because he, he could. If you're if you're rushing around trying to trying to see a cab, you might like to miss it. Than if you're standing still, I guess he's he's looking around for the for that light on top of the on top yeah. of the cab. Uh, but so is everyone else. He has he doesn't have a hope. Correct. This is yeah. Nope, no, chance. none whatsoever. And then he he looks down and you, we can see the traffic, and we see a lot of traffic. I mean, one of the things about New York that I that that I always will recall uh, from driving there, from walking around, it doesn't matter. That almost every street is a one way street. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I've I've never driven around it, so I've never picked up on that. But I have I have walked around there a lot, and I can confirm that New York gets quite busy. Yes, especially <laughs> two days before Thanksgiving, when at at five o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, this is definitely the time that everyone's getting ready to go home from work. So yes. that's, that's I mean, I, I, I've sense. been there at Christmas. We went, we went for Christmas one year. This is this isn't my travel story. Oh, okay. uh, but we we've uh, went there for Christmas one year, and I was surprised by uh, how like halfway through Christmas Day, everything just opened up again. Like the New Yorkers was basically opened on Christmas. Like all the all the shops, all the obviously the restaurants are, but like every business place just seemed to open again after after lunch. 
which I was very surprised by. Well, they want, they want to make money. <laughs> this is the I time to make yeah. money. You can't just close <laughs> up get completely. But like in, in England, the, the cinemas are even shut on Christmas, which really? I understand in, in America. Yeah, really? yeah because uh, in this country, most people, as far as I'm aware, are Christian or celebrate Christmas, whereas in other countries, you have people of other religions who don't celebrate Christmas. Right. I mean, I remember growing uh, up, I remember growing up every Christmas as a Jew, we would go out to the movies. I saw Clue on Christmas. I saw DOA. I'm trying, I, I can, you know, if I, if I think about it, I can remember all the different movies. I saw a great film. I saw a terrible film. <laughs> I like DOA, but you don't, you don't like DOA because it's Dennis Quaid. Come on. It, <laughs> oh, I was thinking of a different, I was thinking of a different DOA. There's the, the video game adaptation. Oh, no, no. Like Holly Valance. No, I don't think that's the same one. Not, not even okay. close. But uh, it was it was a Dennis Quaid movie, so with Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan. But I always hear people's stories about like going to see the new Christmas release, and that does sound wonderful. Uh, but even if cinemas were open here, my family would not go on Christmas. Right? Okay, wouldn't, no, that wouldn't be the that's understandable. Thing. I mean, on, on Jewish holidays, I won't go either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the way it works. But I'd like to, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So then we get to then basically we see that Neil is not going to wait around in this line. He's he's going to be smarter than everyone else, and he's going to find a cab on his own instead of waiting in this orderly line of 13 people to, to get one. So he starts walking. And so one of the things that, that we're going to talk about for the next few days, I, I like looking around to try and figure out where he is. You know, is he really right outside the GM building? You know, so I was looking at different landmarks that we see throughout the movie. And so the first landmark that we see is there's this Roy Rogers chicken and burger a fast food restaurant right behind him. Yep. Okay. So I, I did a little bit of research to figure out where it is. There is one on 34th street, right on, uh, on right near park Avenue, but that's not really where, where he was. It's not that far, but it's also not that close. You know, it's not something that he would be there right away. He's, he's, he got there pretty quickly. Now, have you ever heard of Roy Rogers? Not, no, not the well, actor. I've heard of, not the actor. Yeah, or, I've heard of the person, but right, not the, not the, the chain. So, yeah. so it, it was a chain that, well, it, it, right now they they have thirty three, about forty three current locations that are still open. It's a restaurant that has uh, hamburgers, roast beef, and fried chicken mostly on their menu. Okay, most of them are around the eastern seaboard. So most most of their their branches are in Maryland. You have uh, twenty three in Maryland. Seven in Virginia, uh, seven in Virginia, one in West Virginia, three in New Jersey, eight in Pennsylvania, and there's only one left in New York, and it's not even this one. This one uh, that we see here was closed down. At one point, they actually had over 600 locations. Wow! And in 1990, it was bought up by uh, Hardee's, so they they converted most of their restaurants to Hardee's restaurants, but that didn't really work very well either. So I, I could give a little more information about it, but I, I think that's enough. We don't, we don't need that much. But the bottom line is, is this is not on the corner across from where he just came out of the building. And that that's what I'm trying no, to, yeah. to show. You think, I mean, I'm sure anyone listening who is from New York, who knows Manhattan will, you know, will, will notice even more than I do that things are, are jumping on a little bit in Midtown Manhattan. You know, there, most of the places that we're going to talk about over the next few days are in Midtown Manhattan. And they might be a few blocks away from one another, but we'll, we'll discuss about the fact how it's impossible that he's really walking in those places. So basically, then he looks around. And as, as I mentioned, you can see that, that every street that he's next to has a, a one-way 
uh, a, a one-way sign showing how, you know, what I mentioned earlier, that most of the streets in Manhattan are one-way streets. And he looks around, he's trying to find where there's a cab and he's looking around and then he looks down towards the next block and we can see there there's, we can see the sign that it's, it's Park Avenue over there and we can see that there's a city bank. So I went to look, okay, where's there a city bank? And I couldn't find a city bank on Park Avenue, which is very strange. It's possible that, okay. that it has closed. <laughs> it's a little difficult to try and find where there was a bank in 1986, 87, when they filmed this. So I found, well, I found it. There's a website, there's a website on the set of newyork.com, which has the, the locations of where all these things are in plain strains. And apparently it's on uh, East 54th and East 55th Street. Okay. Uh, on Madison Avenue. Okay, which is nowhere near where we just, and, and there you go. It says Park Avenue. You see the sign saying Park Avenue, which doesn't make any sense then. If you're saying it's on Madison, but apparently this is also where the Roy, apparently this is also where the Roy Rogers is. Right. Okay. So this is all, yeah. Right. <laughs> According to this website. Okay, but they're not where he just came out of the GM building, because as we said the other day, the GM building it was it's on, yeah, fifth, it's on it, fifth it, Avenue. It yeah, seven six seven Fifth Avenue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I but they they don't expect people to actually be doing this and and trying to figure it out. They're like you're in New York. <laughs> it's busy New York. That's it. You know you don't need anything beyond that. So you, there's because I found that there's a Citibank near Penn Station. There's one in Koreatown. There's one in Midtown South. There's one in the Garment District. You know he's he's close to the Empire State Building, Macy's. You know Macy's everyone knows is on 34th Street because of that 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 famous uh, small little movie that that isn't played very often, especially on Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know I that, mean, that, I've that never seen miracle. it. <laughs> but I know what it is. Uh, right. So Miracle on 34th Street, for, for those who couldn't guess what, what we were talking about. So Neil starts looking out and we see that he notices something, but we're not <laughs> sure. And then he looks to the side. But and he, that's basically he, he, how... looks at, he sees a taxi, but the taxi has its light off. So I don't know what he's thinking, right. why we're showing exactly. that he's noticed that, because he can't see there's no one in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then he hears a whistle. And yes, there's a, there's a whistle, there's a car honking. You know, things like that, just to, to give us a little bit of a an atmosphere of what it's like in the hustle and bustle of, of New York City. Have you ever had time. to hail a taxi? Is that something you've ever yes. had to do? OK, because I, I never yes. have. Yes. <laughs> is it? I mean, I have a car, so I mostly don't use. But wait, in, you're saying in New York or in general? In anywhere. It's, I've never had yeah, to I've, hail a taxi. I've held taxis. Sure. I've, I've, I've held taxis. I mean, I have a car and I love my car. So as much as I can, I use my car. But when I do need to go places... Even here in Israel, where I need a taxi, I mean, in in the town that I live in, I'll never find a taxi. But if I'm in a, a big town, whether I'm in Jerusalem or, or Tel Aviv, something like that, if I need a taxi, yes, I would hail a taxi. And it's very frustrating when you're waiting and you it, you think that the taxi is about to stop by you, and then you see that there's someone in the taxi or they just drive by. You know, in, 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 the, in the UK, you're encouraged to uh, to book a taxi, and there's uh, like adverts, it signs up saying uh, uh, an unbooked taxi is just a stranger's car, basically. So not to get in a taxi, <laughs> not to hail a taxi because it's you'll die if you do that. Is <laughs> basically and if the... you order an Uber, that that can't happen. I'm sorry. If you order an Uber, that can't happen. I I've never done that either, so I don't know. <laughs> no, my I, point I, is, I, is I that... walk and cycle wherever possible. <laughs> right. Okay, that makes sense. Just want to mention a few things in the, in the script. Did, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before uh, we, no, we no. move along? Please move on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 
the in the original script or in the, the shooting script, which as far as I know, these film, these scenes were all filmed, just ended up on the cutting room floor. John basically says to him after Neil says that that they're selling they're selling cosmetics, not curing cancer. So John's response is, "Well, a lot of their cosmetics may well cause cancer." <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they cut that out. Yes, I can see that being and, a problem for most yeah. cosmetic companies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and then Neil basically undoes his pants and then reaches sorry, his what? hand in. <laughs> yes. Here, it says Neil unzips his trousers, reaches his hand in, in the fly, and carefully straightens his shirt tails. Okay, fine. I thought that okay. was like. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not, we're, not, we're not going there. We're not going in that direction. Don't worry. But but I, it's funny that they put that into the script. I mean, my impression of why that's in the script is to show how meticulous of a person he is. He's about to get onto this elevator, so he wants to straighten everything out. He's just sat for two hours in this meeting with, with Bryant and had enough of it, and his shirt somehow got pulled out a little bit, so he wanted to make himself more presentable to get into the elevator. Okay? So then... Basically, uh, a minor difference. John says that he is trying to catch a flight at eight fifteen instead of at eight. It's 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 a small little thing, but yeah. but it does later on when we talk about uh, the fact that John probably did get home that evening. So it makes sense that he is on a, a even slightly later flight. Okay. At that what point, interesting they... about the the shirt tails because when Neil gets in the elevator and when he's trying to get the cab, his tie is crooked. Uh, so, but his but is his shirt? <laughs> his his shirt looks fine. It's a little rumpled at the bottom, uh, but his if to say he's uh, more concerned with his appearance, his tie is is off to the side. Yeah, Sloppy. and they and they can see and they can see his tie and they can't see his shirt or his pants. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. But I, I can understand why they would have dropped that anyway. <laughs> then their their discussion is a little ch- is changed a little bit. They they change around a little bit of of what they say. John then says, "What what difference does it make? A couple of hours." So Neil says, "Under normal circumstances, none. But considering the state of affairs in my house these days, it makes all the difference." This goes back to the whole idea that they they cut out this whole subplot of him having trouble at home. So then John says, the six is a pain in the ass. Colin tells Susan it was delayed. And his answer was, I can't make that one work anymore. Meaning he's been lying to her. (laughs) And that feels like something she could check as well. If if it was a concern for her, she could call up the airline and say, oh no, the six thought's running fine. Your husband is just having an affair. Uh, Yes. Well, that's what she believes, apparently. In New York. He's flying to New York for two days before Thanksgiving in order to have this, this little affair. Well, they do have then, women in New York, I, I hear. Yes, so. they do. I, so I've heard also, yeah. <laughs> and they, they apparently have them in Chicago also. <laughs> Cannot confirm. He, he basically, the, the name of, of of the place where he left the, the gloves is in Walt's office instead of Brian. Okay. It nope. doesn't make a difference why they changed that. Okay. And then he basically just says, forget it. If you can bring them back with you. And then he goes, I don't need gloves. I get in the elevator, go to the limousine, go to the airport, and go I'm to home. The limousine. Okay. The original plan is to take a limousine. Can you hail a limousine? Right. <laughs> well, well, we'll talk about that in just a short okay. while. And then he basically says, "Have a good holiday." And then Neil's response is, "That's a contradiction in terms." 
Meaning he's not looking forward to this holiday either. I can relate. Yeah. Apparently, I don't, I... he's on his way home. You know, he's not looking forward to, to seeing Susan and being with her there. Okay. Now, when Neil gets down into the uh, to the ground floor of the of this building, the elevator doors open and there's this huge crowd that's that's all moving past. And then you can see that he's completely disappointed because now for sure he's going to have problems trying to get to the airport in time. And then we see that that the, through the revolving doors, there's a steamer trunk that's jammed in the revolving doors. And there's an unseen person who's struggling with it. And we don't see the person's face. So basically everyone's trying to get out of this building, but there is this steamer trunk that it, someone is trying to get through to, to and it's stuck in the revolving well, that door. That seems entirely unrelated to the rest of the film. I don't see why that would be in the no, script. No, completely. There's, I, I odd never, I, no, no steamer trunk no. ever mentioned in this movie. And then he finally gets out of, of a, a regular door. He's able to, to, to it says he, he squeezes out of a conventional door and hurries across the, the plaza to a waiting limousine. The driver gets out and opens the hood. A plume of steam rises ah, from the overheated engine. So he was supposed to take a limousine. You know, his company apparently was going to pay for him to take a limousine. So that's why I said earlier that they must have ADR'd the whole idea of him actually, you know, uh, taking a taxi. Or John saying, you know, taking yeah, a taxi. Yeah, that would make less like sense as to why John wasn't joining him. If there was this that's vehicle. Sure. Well, maybe they had maybe they had two limousines. God. <laughs> ah, <Yeah>. easy success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that, that's pretty much it. That's the way that, that this ends. Now, the truth is, I'm glad they cut that out. Because I think it would have been too much to have Dell already causing problems when he's trying to get out of the building. Uh, yeah, and given that we we do see the steamer trunk later later, later this week, that would have had yes. to have traveled no, in order it, to get out of the, the door and move it to its new location during... Yeah. Just wait, just wait. We'll talk about it over the okay. next two days. And I'm glad they cut out the limo as well because okay. that feels more like I, I, I like that Dell seems like he's a cause of a lot of problems, but maybe it isn't as much throughout the course of, of the journey. Uh, but having right. the limo break, there's no way to exactly. blame that on Dell. That's just that's just bad luck. Uh, yeah, completely. <laughs> that's, that's between get between being stuck in the door, he then gets the limo and there's the steamer trunk smashed in the hood of the car. <laughs> <laughs> You never know. Never know. All right. Well, as as I mentioned, every day on this podcast, we have this segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guests will tell a short or perhaps long story about some kind of travel adventure or misadventure that either of us have experienced. So, Jay, you have another one for uh, us? I do. I have one that involves public transport because he's trying to catch a cab. Ooh. Uh, so, uh, when my, my wife and I, when we started dating, she wasn't my wife yet, uh, it was leading up to her 21st birthday. I thought I'd take her on a nice trip for her 21st. She always wanted to go to Dublin. So I took her to Dublin for her 21st. This is when we were both quite young, didn't have a lot of money. It wasn't the greatest uh, holiday in the world because we didn't redo really a lot there. Neither of us drink Guinness, so we didn't do any of that. Uh, but we, we were staying at a hotel just outside Dublin. We took the bus back one quite late in the evening. And we hadn't been there at night. We'd been there during the day. So we get out, get off the bus where the bus driver says this is where the hotel is. And we look around and we cannot see the hotel. And the bus drives away. And we're looking around like, where is it? So we, we head off down a road. We we didn't really have the address. We didn't really have Google Maps or anything. We just kind of headed off in a direction and walked around this uh, kind of dodgy looking estate. 
uh, like housing estate. We were, I, I'm trying try not to sound too uh, upper class here, but it just, we were a little, uh, there were some like hooded youths dotted around the place who, like, mar- marauding <laughs> gangs of Irishmen. <laughs> Uh, so we were kind of wandering around for a while trying to find and we, we were going for about, about half an hour 45 minutes an hour couldn't find where we we're going just wandering around these strange roads eventually we see the hotel and like, oh my god it's there and it's uh, the other side of the road from where the bus dropped us off so, <laughs> so we just didn't turn around uh, so we were all fine that's a great story that's a great story that's a great story we survived but yeah yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to return to to another one of our our special little segments. So we're going to today it's Wednesday, so we're going to talk about Hump Day Hughes. So Jay is now going to give us his top 5 John Hughes movies. Directed uh, very very easy list to do because he has 8. I've seen 7 and I'm not a huge fan of two of them. So I have so my 5 was easy to narrow down. It was just putting them in in the correct order. Uh, so my number five is Weird Science. I liked that a lot as a kid and still appreciate it. Uh, I still appreciate the Bill Paxton of it all, uh, having grown up. <laughs> he's, he's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, number four would be Uncle Buck. Uh, John Candy is a delight in everything he's been in. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is my number three. Uh, just just an endlessly fun film. Number two is is this film here, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, wonderful film. But number one, for me, it has to be The Breakfast Club. That's a film that meant a lot to me growing up. I have a lot of uh, a lot of emotional connections to that film. Uh, the the character of of Brian uh, is one that I relate to a great deal. Uh, I have a, a similar uh, childhood to he has had. So that's Breakfast Club is my number one. For I, I I know it has its detractors. So someone uh, put pot in your in in your pants. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean. Okay. I won't go into it, but for not a million miles away. <laughs> but that's, that's for another another podcast. Uh, but no, apparently, <laughs> apparently. Uh, but yeah, number one right. is the breakfast well, still for me. Okay, well, thank you for for your top five on that. So, Jay, why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, you can uh, find me on, on Twitter at LifeVSFilm or on Instagram at J-A-Y-C-L-U-I-T-T. And also I am the, the Shepherd of the Lamb, the large association of movie blogs, which is how Rob and I met. You can find it at large at movieblogs.com. It is exactly what it sounds like. It is a huge collection of, of online movie blogs. We have over 2,000 uh, blogs, podcasts, YouTube channels as, as members now people from all over the world not just in the uk and, and israel but america and india and australia and pretty much i think every country we, we have uh, members in or ma- many many countries we have members in yeah i don't and think if, everyone but but not a lot every of country because there's a lot of countries uh, <laughs> there's, there's more than, i don't think we've got anyone in antarctica i was, I was gonna say micronesia uh, if there's anyone in antarctica listening who wants to be a, a member then please get in touch <laughs> so yeah anyone who's listening who has a movie blog or a podcast and wants to be a member of a, a huge community, find some some friends, make some find some podcast guests or some like minded people you want to have a, a movie conversation with, then head to the lamb, uh, largeassmovieblogs.com. We'd love to have Excellent. You. All right. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe on any podcatcher you might be using to listen to this show. As I always say, the best way to get in touch with me is via Movie Rob Minute. I have a Facebook group, my website, Twitter, and that's that's the best way to get in touch with me. So, Jay, you want to come back again tomorrow? I'd love to. I want to find out who's whistling. All right. No problem. 
Well, that'll be it for Wednesday. You're f- You're f- <laughs>